I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Feudal Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're going to be talking about Assassination Classroom. This is part one of a two-part series because we only had, really had time to watch the first season. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a larger anime than what we're used to reviewing weekly. Indeed it is. So this week, I, I have to say it was a really interesting choice. Uh, it definitely is a action. It is very com- comedic. That is for sure. I know all the way through the first season, I have been laughing the whole time. Uh, what about you? Well, my memory of it is my at first shock and just kind of weirded out because the main character is I, should, I apologize, not the main character. The teacher is this is this alien looking thing that reminded me a lot of tentacle things that Japanese people are famous for. Well, you know, I mean, like, honestly, when I was first looking at it, I was like, yeah, there's going to be some next level tentacle rape going on here. I am glad to say I I was mistaken. I am glad to say I was I was mistaken. (laughs) Yeah. Where is this going? I don't know. How many arms does it have? Oh, God, no. It was definitely not Boku no Pico style stuff. (sighs) Thank God. Uh, So basically, the premise of this anime is a mysterious creature chops the moon into a permanent crescent shape as A result of, you know, basically just wanted to show how awesome and strong he is because he is quite literally the most powerful being, or if you want to call him that, a being, in the world. He is then giving the world a chance to actually kill him. And the world obviously takes him up on this opportunity. The catch is he is going to teach a group of misfits uh, that are at a class called the E for End class. And they are third year students that are basically isolated for having really bad grades. And so they are basically ostracized and forced to be in really subpar conditions. He is going there to teach them. And their whole job is not only to learn and graduate like normal high school or, or junior high students, they're also supposed to assassinate him. And whoever assassinates him gets 10 billion yen to whoever, whoever assassinates him. That's B billion. B is in billion. B is in boy. Wow. So yeah, you get 10 billion yen. Now, obviously this, this, uh, bounty is open to anyone at all. And so other people do try to assassinate him, but the, the government allows him to actually teach these students Because, one, it gives them the opportunity to be able to monitor him every day. And it allows them to be able to track his movements and be able to see or or gives them the best opportunity to be able to assassinate him. The condition is that he is not allowed to hurt any of the students. That is the only condition. And he, he agrees to this because he doesn't need to worry about anyone really hurting him. Now, the government supplies them all with the weapons and tools they will need to be able to attack him. 
So guns, both semi-automatic and automatic, and knives, which won't really hurt us as humans, but it will hurt him because they are made of special materials, at least the BBs and the knives are, made of special materials that are specifically designed to destroy him. So while it may not hurt you or me, it can blow off one of his tentacles. Now, he does have rapid regeneration so you basically have to go for the kill shot on the first go otherwise it's kind of a moot point the the design of him is he's got several tentacles the the trick the the cool part is the more damage the tentacles receive the slower and less capable he becomes before regeneration now the end game of this is that class is tasked with assassinating him by march Basically, for the school year for them. If you don't do it by March, that's it. The world is over. He, what he did to the moon, he will do to the earth. And that, that's it right there. That's that's your whole story. It's it, it's pretty pretty straightforward in it. So he, he he's super happy. It's super funny. I It has a lot of comedic value. I, I find myself laughing a lot through this anime simply because of the comedic values of it. Um, and you learn about all these different characteristics and traits that he has too yeah it turns out he's actually he's teaching them how to become assassins because he proclaims to be the world's best assassin and he's teaching he and throughout the anime you'll find that they are introduced to tradesmen if you will um you there's certain teachers government sanctioned teachers if you will that are spies and assassins themselves and they're also trying to teach the kids how to kill the the teacher and to use any means necessary to kill the teacher. Yeah, basically um, it's it's turned, in the name of it kind of holds true, assassination classroom. So they're learning valuable everyday skills, but they're also learning how to be proficient silent killers. And, and which it's, it's a unique uh, spin, but basically it's what the world in general frowns upon. It's, it's, you know, having basically militarized yeah. children. It's like, yeah, that's not really cool. But you know what? In this situation, it's pretty funny. And by the way, they're all going to be deadly assassins. Yeah, and they all... I don't think they kill anybody in season one. Or season two, for the matter. But we'll review that next week. But yeah, no, they don't kill anyone. And that's one of the things that I, I really find endearing about this. Is that he definitely pushes to prevent them from actually assassinating or killing anyone in fact he doesn't even like them having real weapons at all because only, of only this. weapons that can damage him yeah he is fine with that but as for hurting other people as for for uh, murdering them or placing other people in danger that for him is a taboo he does not want anyone else actually being killed or murdered or hurt but himself yeah and that it also puts a unique spin on it to where, at least in my opinion, he is okay with people inflicting pain upon himself because he feels he can take it. But he does not, while he's even training these kids to be like fully-fledged assassins, he doesn't want to scar them mentally by actually having them you know, bloody their hands, so to speak. Indeed. And, well, you know, why haven't they been able to kill him? I mean, like, besides the ridiculous speed and everything like that, it's like there's plenty of opportunity throughout that you feel anyways throughout that you could kill him 
Like there's plenty, plenty of opportunities where where you feel like this is like the prime opportunity to do it, but they don't. And, and you really learn that even in those opportunities where you feel like it is an inopportune or or the prime example of a moment, you, it's easy to forget that his senses, his everything are just so heightened and, and his speed and capabilities are just so astronomically high that you really, you have to have this all basically the planets planets have to align perfectly for you to be able to kill them and the planets have not aligned perfectly for them to be able to kill them <laughs> at all it's very funny because a, a little bit of a a running gag is out of nowhere someone will just open fire with like a machine gun style bbs just thrown at him or they'll even just like randomly they'll be sitting there talking to him and you'll just see their hand pop up with a knife and try to stab him and he just holds it and they're having a full-on conversation about whatever classwork yeah and now what's really cool is there was a very specific scene um in the first few episodes where our main character um i can never pronounce their names i want to say nagisa nagisa the main Uh, character yeah nagisa is going up to uh Koro sensei and he's got a grenade strapped to him and he was put up to it by the other people in the classroom but Koro sensei actually takes the damage of that grenade to prevent Nagisa from taking any damage whatsoever actually he doesn't take any damage um and the reason why he was able to get so close and do this is because he was and and they make this reference a couple times Nagisa is able to actually hide his bloodlust his his want to kill and just seem completely at ease and normal and nonchalant and he's walking up and he distracts him by by basically swinging a knife at him and it distracts him and then he jumps up and grabs uh, Kuro-sensei. And Kuro-sensei is the octopus creature. It's a, it, That's what the students actually decided to name him. And at that point, the guys blow up the grenade. Now, it, once a month, Kuro-sensei is able to shed. He molts. It's his basically ace up his uh, sleeve type of deal. And he's able to protect Nagisa from the explosion so that way he's not hurt at all and he's also able to protect himself at the exact same time from this blast by by being able to move at 20 Mach out of the way just in time so he's able to protect not only himself but Nagisa but because they use Nagisa as basically a suicide bomber it pisses him off to absolute lethal limits and you only see him get this mad once. And it's at this point, too, when, when you really see this. He he says, well, I said I wouldn't hurt you, any of the students. I never said anything about your families or the rest of the world. You ever pull anything like this again with such blatant disregard for your safety or your fellow man's safety, I will destroy the world. And he, he, he even goes and pulls the nameplates off their houses. Yeah, so it, it's it's one of the darker moments in the anime because you don't know if he's serious or not. He obviously has the capability. It's that uncertainty because it's still new enough in the anime that you, you don't have a you don't have a feeling for the real the real who or sensei the the real who he, who he actually is. And and he is serious. And he even tells him he's like, no, this was a great plan. I'm really happy you all work together like this. 
I just don't like that you didn't have any regard for his life. And I'm I'm upset that you didn't have any regard for your li- own life. You should. And that is the the point of it. He, he's he's happy that they were able to work together. He's really happy they were able to work together. He is upset though at the execution and the blatant disregard for safe for their own safety. Which is unique. Yeah. It's unique. It's like, hey, you're trying to kill me. I get that. But you got to watch out for yourself. You can't hurt yourself. I don't want you guys to get hurt. The diversity in the classroom. You have our main character who, for I guess lack of a better term, is a very feminine boy, both in mannerisms and in physique. It's funny because he, he it is a he. But even I thought at the at the beginning all the way through, I don't know, like maybe episode six or seven or something like that. I was like, I feel like he's a girl. I, I feel like this should be a girl. I feel like it's trap and it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know it's a hundred percent not. And, and they do make light of this as well in the series, which I, I absolutely love a little bit later on in the series and in season one, um, he actually has to dress up like a girl and act like a girl. Um, for a mission to succeed, it's actually towards the towards the end. But even before that, it was like about I don't know halfway through. They're actually all in swim trunks and everything like that to go swimming, and he's in swim trunks. and And the girls and everyone else looked at him and said, "I thought you were a girl." And yeah, the whole class was like, "Wait a second, yeah, hold up, wait, no, this is not right." Where, yeah. Where's your bathing suit top? Oh shit, you're a boy. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Not yeah. hanging out with us anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's uh, so the one of my favorite characters in the whole anime. Now, my number one favorite is the teacher. Hands down, he rocks. My second favorite is Karma. And that's mainly because he's the cool kid who tries a little too hard to be distant. He's very good at what he does when he does try. And every time he. He's like a prodigy or a protege, depending on how you want to say it. And every time he attempts something, he usually succeeds. And he's smarter than a lot of people there. He's more physically capable of 90% of the class. And he's almost almost literally there by choice, which is a little bit odd. But you always have that one kid. Right. He is highly intelligent and he is very violent. And, and but... He starts kind of, uh, you know, relaxing a little bit, I feel, especially towards the end, uh, almost to a comedic point as well for his violence uh, as to how he is. Yeah, he definitely does change because I, I, I feel that he changes and almost every student does change because of the, of the capability of their teacher. They have yet to meet someone who was uh, better than them in almost every aspect, probably in every aspect. Um, but it goes back to the whole um, Goro Sensei being a, a amazing teacher. He's an assassin, yes, but he's also very well versed in in everything else. I guess I guess you can't get to number one without having to know everything. And they make this, uh, you know, they they make this reference too because you also have two other teachers that are also introduced in through uh, through this. Um, you have uh, Tadomi. And then Irana, which Irana is, and pardon the language, but her her name throughout this is no longer Ivana or Irana. It's Professor <laughs> Bitch. 
because of how yep. she is. Uh, she she isn't a, a, a an elite high class assassin. And when uh, Kuro Sensei was not there, she was a bitch towards them. And so the students said, "Well, you know what? That's your name then. Since you want to be want to be like that, that's going to be your name." And and so she, because she knows eight languages, she knows how to infiltrate situations and everything like that due to her high her uh, high caliber uh, of being an assassin. She she's actually teaching the students how to be assassins in more ways than just what Koro Sensei has been allowing them to learn. And it's the same yeah. thing for uh, Tadomi. Tadomi is one of the government officials who's uh, high ranking for the Ministry of Defense for them. And he's teaching them how to be physically fit and, and fight and self-defense and everything like that for their uh, classes. So he's their phys ed teacher. And then you have Irana for their English class and, and literacy for, for them. And, and so they're all taking opportunities to not only train these kids, groom them into being uh, killing machines or assassin assassins, but they're also looking for every opportunity they themselves can to assassinate Koro Sensei. And you you even have other countries trying to get in on this as well. And the funny part is, I, won't, I say that a lot, but it, it's just humor after humor after joke after joke, and they all they almost all hit their mark. But um, going back to my point, no matter. What they throw at him, he's able to counter with ultimate ease. For instance, they send out these like super bombs, like rockets coming after him, and he picks them up and goes, oh, hey, here you go. He shows up at the place. This is yours. Don't drop it now. It's still a live explosive. Yeah, like he comes back to class and is like, what do you what do you have in your hand? Oh, the uh, Japanese military was waiting for me over uh, the China Sea. Uh so I decided to bring back a little souvenir with me when they shot this at me. It's like, oh, well, that's that's an explosive rocket. And, and it doesn't matter to him. Because of his speed, he's going to like China or Italy or all these other places for a dessert. Like uh, he, he jokes uh, about having gelato. He's like, I had to fly in the upper atmosphere at that sub-zero temperature to make sure this gelato stayed perfectly cool and wouldn't melt back on my way back from Italy. It's like, all right, well, that's random, but okay. He's also a perv. He's, like, super pervy, too. And and this is also oh, joked a lot about. And and it's, like, <laughs> one of his weaknesses. Like, he... <laughs> He's sitting, it's like towards the end of it, he's on one of the scenes, he's sitting on a pile of dirty magazines dressed as a bug for whatever reason. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's kind of cool because the kids actually like take note of his mannerisms, his, they, they start to understand what his different colorations look like. Because just like an octopus, he's able to change his color and camouflage or not camouflage for that matter in yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because they're able to decipher what this means what that means what this means and they notice when he looks at nudie mags he turns like bright red like like he's uh like like blushing almost yeah. and he's more vulnerable in these particular times and he's absent-minded when he's got this going on and and they start to attack yeah, even at those times, he's still 
aware enough to to be able to to defend himself and that's why even during those times they don't attack him because they know it's going to be kind of a futile point at that time too but not just that he he does this on purpose he creates a pattern on purpose hoping that they would catch on and hoping they would see this right and and uh man this this uh, in, in all honesty is a very funny very funny show it's every ep almost every episode you are laughing there i'm always finding something to laugh at mainly because of how kuro sensei is it was like they they make him truly make him a great comedic character uh that everyone's trying to kill and he's happy about it in 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 all and and one of the best things they do with this anime and one of the one of the things that i i hate the most about this anime is in season one, you become extraordinarily endeared to most of these characters. Yes. You start to create a relationship. Yeah. And, and he also, uh, throughout the whole series, throughout the whole season, um, is pushing, pushing them to be far better than what they are. He, he, he even tells them, Hey, you know what? For these midterms, I want you to be in the top 50 and they don't reach it because the uh, principal for that school, he doesn't want them to reach the top 50. He, he wants them to stay in the lower class because he wants the other students to uh, be afraid of being sent to the E class. But so to explain that, to explain that particular concept, the E class is kind of like the dumpster fire of the school. They get everything worse off and ridiculed and it's a it's public notice if you see e-class in public you are free range and it is fully expected for you to disrespect them and and treat them low because their job in e-class is to not like their time there and rise up and and make their way out of e-class and everybody else's job is to make sure they don't sink low enough to to become part of e-class and also to make sure that they, the people in E-Class stay in E-Class. So every time there's an advantage or something like that, it's given to the people that are not in E-Class. And if it, they have an opportunity to be able to keep them down in E-Class, they will do that. So they're not given any modern accommodations. There's basically no air conditioning or anything like that in their classroom. It's a rundown building. They're not even given really good teachers and if any at all it it's it's known throughout this whole thing and with this assassination classroom with Kuro Sensei uh Professor Bitch and uh Tadomi they are teaching them and they are literally rising up through the ranks and they are becoming top full-fledged members in the school even though they're in the E class and it, it's upsetting everyone in that school because of how they are they're like yeah i don't care you could talk your trash about me i'm in e-class whatever i'm having a great time <laughs> little do they know they could kill each and every one of them exactly <sighs> exactly um but well okay let's talk about the third pe teacher well, not the third teacher but the, the pe teacher Tadomi. no there was how many teachers were there just just those two and Koro Sensei. Unless See, you I, want to talk about the one teacher that was there for one random episode who tried taking over to, for Todomi. 
Um, That's the one. Okay. He is basically the closest thing you're going to have as a villain. Uh, Well, next to closest thing you're going to have as a villain, aside from someone who uh, refers to Koro-sensei as his brother, who is named Itomi. He is also a government program, and he he has tentacles like Koro-sensei's on his head, but that's about it. He is there sporadically throughout maybe three or four episodes through the first season. He doesn't really make a, 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 a noteworthy, solid appearance at all in, in the first season. Um, I feel anyways. But the guy that tries to take over for him, and he's, again, he's only in there for a couple of episodes, but he's the closest thing to a villain you actually have. His name is Akira. And Akira is... A, a, a it is he is a, a a seriously disturbed man to say the least. His training methods are basically, hey, I'm gonna bribe you with this. I'm your dad, but if you don't do what I say, I'm gonna beat the ever living crap out of you. Yeah, he was very much a a totalitarian kind of teacher, kind of instructor, and his number one priority was it wasn't money driven. It wasn't, I'm going to get that $10 billion for myself. It was, I'm going to save the world and everyone's going to look up to me and everyone's going to love me and everyone's going to give me the praise that I deserve. And he was a military man that got recruited into here to try to teach the kids to be better assassins because he was boasting on how much better he was to the higher-ups. And they're like, all right, fine, we'll give you a chance. Tadomi and Akira actually know each other from the Ministry of Defense. And he learns, uh, Tadomi learns that Akira's training methods are very brutal. They, they injure the students because they're not quite ready for that kind of training yet. They, they don't have the experience necessary to, to make this work. What ends up happening is he ends up getting defeated pretty quick and easily. It's, he's there for one episode, like one episode. And then he is there at the very end of the first season. And at the very end of the first season, he snaps because he lost. And then he ends up losing again through a miraculous fight. Not And, and, and it's not like a super high-paced, action-packed type of fight. It's uh, hit, hit, uh, Nagisa is the one that actually defeated him the first time by being able to hide his bloodlust and then catching him off guard. And then the second time, he was able to perform a, a great maneuver that was able to again defeat him in a, in with relative ease despite the overwhelming power difference and skill difference and you know physique and everything else you know that he was still able to overcome him and and it just was just you know it's an it's an awe it's an awe-inspiring moment for both both accounts yeah i was just saying both cases it was more mental than physical um, and that that's that's one of the beautiful things about this anime. It, it's not all about I can kill you with my fists. It's all about I'm going to kill you with my mind. Yeah, and they do definitely heavily play on that. So I think overall, just for the first season, and especially with how it ends, because it ends with uh, Akira being defeated by Nagas, uh, Nagisa again, and I feel that this anime in general as a whole is is great so far for season one. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit biased. I'm the one that decided that we should watch this one. Um, it is, in my opinion, top tier. I, I'm not going to argue with that so far. 
so just on the first season, let's I say let's uh, give it a little bit of a rating for season one. All right. So there are a few tweaks that I would have preferred in the first season. That mainly being the character development of the villain could have gone a little bit better because you've got a military man who supposedly was one of the best and raising up and, and rising as high as they can, being defeated by a kid and then being the laughing stock. My, my frustration with that is how did the rest of the community find out that he was defeated by a child? Nobody else was there except those three people and, oh, not those three, but it was the, the, the students, Bitch Sensei, and his old buddy, essentially. So no one really told the ministry that had happened, and yet he became the laughingstock. So that's kind of a loophole. So, but that's really my only, only gripe if I had to find one. So I, I would, I would give it four and a half out of five faps. Four and a half out of five. Very nice. Yeah, four and a half out of five. I, I rant and rave about this because it is, in my opinion, that good. Season two, arguably, is better. Okay. I give this uh, also four and a half out of five. Uh, simply because I, I find this really enjoyable. It's very comedic. I'm not so much worried about the villain development simply because of... You know, it's it's not a main point of the story. The main point of the story, the main real villain suppo- is supposed to be Kuro-sensei. And, and he is a very lovable character. He is a very enjoyable character. So I, I feel this is a four and a half out of five. And the only reason why I'm not giving it a perfect five is because of the open ending. In which case, I'll probably give it a lot better score for season two because you know me and my love for closure yeah and you'll definitely uh you'll definitely be satisfied let's put it like that yeah there's not very many moments at all throughout this whole thing where i was disappointed um if if at all so four four and a half out of five for me um next week we will be talking about season two of this so that uh it'll be assassination classroom part two uh, look forward to listening to us then. Feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us via email at feudalanimepodcast at gmail.com. You could also tweet at us. You know, we're on the, we're a little bit social. We're on the Twitterverse, uh, feudal, at feudalanimepod. And then, you know, don't forget to subscribe to us or leave us a review and rating on iTunes. It would be very much appreciated. Until next time. Later. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.